Hello, everyone. This is Father Bill Nicholas, and this is Faith, Hope, and History. Greetings and welcome, everybody. It is Friday, November 19th, 2021. It was on this day in 1831 that the 20th President of the United States, James A. Garfield, was born in Orange Township, Ohio. He would go on to be elected the 20th President, only to be shot three months into his first term and die six months after taking office. The second President to die by an assassin's bullet and the fourth president to die in office. It was also on this day in 1959 that the movie Ben-Hur opened at the Lowe's State Theater in New York City. This film was a remake of an earlier silent film, and this remake starred Charlton Heston, Stephen Boyd, Haya Harareet, Jack Hawkins, and it went on to win 12 Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director, and it would hold the record for the most Academy Awards won until James Cameron Titanic tied Ben-Hur, and then just a few years later, Lord of the Rings Return of the King received the same number of Oscars. So there's a three-way tie for the most Oscars won by a picture. But for quite a while, Ben-Hur held that record, and it was released on this day in 1959. But I think most importantly, it was on this day in 1863 that President Abraham Lincoln delivered what is arguably the greatest speech in American history, and perhaps one of the greatest speeches in history, period. And that is on this day, Lincoln delivered his Gettysburg Address to a crowd in Gettysburg, dedicating the cemetery to those fallen during the Civil War. And in many ways, I think that speech still resonates with our nation today. We may not be in a bloody civil war, which a war is being fought between North and South or different factions, but we definitely see a divided country today between uh, ideologies. Just last night, uh, President Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan was passed in the late hours of night. That always seems to be a time under the current House leadership when extremely controversial bills are passed in the dead of night rather than in the light of day. I seem to recall Jesus saying something that those in the darkness prefer the darkness because their deeds are not of the Lord because they hate the light. And it seems much of the leadership in our country today loves to do things, pass controversial bills in the dead of night. That's what happened with the Obamacare bill was passed in the middle of the night as well. But also, we are a nation divided along ideologies. Just as the bill was passed by a very, very slim margin, the last couple of elections for president have been very, very uh, minutely divided in the country. We have people on the extreme right and the extreme left, and we are a nation that is very hostile to anyone who disagrees with our particular viewpoint. We're a nation right now that is still on edge as we are awaiting the trial results of Kyle Rittenhouse, now going into the fourth day of jury deliberations, and we are seeing 
intimidation tactics perhaps being used toward the jury and even toward the judge. Efforts to undermine the rule of law in this country, which is the foundation of civilization for this country, the foundation of law and order, and there's certainly the threat of more violence in Kenosha and other places in the nation if the verdict is not what certain groups want it to be, not hope it to be, want it to be. That, among other things, we certainly see a divided country today, maybe not along the lines of a bloody civil war, but our nation is divided now, perhaps as it has never been or has not been for a very long time, and it is a crisis that this nation must get through, and I believe firmly will get through, because our nation has always managed to get through uh, periods of crisis and division. And the thing we remember is, today, during the worst crisis of our nation's history, the Civil War, we managed to make it through. It was a catastrophic event, terrible divisions over a very serious moral crisis in this country. But the foundation on which this nation was founded enabled this country to overcome that moral crisis and abolish the scourge of slavery. As I like to remind people, this nation was founded on liberty and freedom and equality. And while it was not perfect at its founding, it eventually reached a greater improvement and a greater realization. And Abraham Lincoln speaks of that in his Gettysburg Address when he speaks of a new birth of freedom while beginning his speech referencing the Founding Fathers establishing a new nation. And yes, it wasn't perfect, but because of what it was founded upon, not slavery, but liberty and freedom, this nation was able to overcome the great scourge of slavery. And if you look anywhere in history, except perhaps Christian Europe, anywhere there was the existence of slavery, the abolition of slavery was not accomplished without bloodshed. And we had that bloodshed in this country, but we managed to overcome that crisis, that division, to be the nation we are today that continues to move forward to ensure a more perfect realization of the vision of our founding fathers. And the Gettysburg Address speaks to that. And he concludes his address by reminding us that we are a nation with a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And that the Civil War is there to ensure that that government does not perish from the earth. That any government of the people, by the people, and for the people will not perish from the earth. And many today are asking that question, are we about to see a government of that kind perishing from the earth? When we see mob rule, mob intimidation, encroaching in various parts of our country and in various parts of our institutions. When we see Hollywood becoming a conduit of anti-American sentiment, when we see the media and pundits within the media speaking racist, anti-American rhetoric designed to tear down this country because of an imperfect past, forgetting how it overcame that imperfect past, when we see politicians speaking from their position of elected office, tearing down the very nation and the very government that enabled them to obtain that elected office. Biting the hand that feeds you is putting it mildly, 
But when we see all that, we begin to wonder about the future of this nation and if that government of the people, by the people, and for the people that we enjoy in this country is perhaps coming to an end. But when we remember the words of Abraham Lincoln and the crisis of our nation from which he gave those words, it gives me hope and promise that this nation is not, in fact, coming to an end, but it is just going through another crisis and will bounce back. But it will take all of its citizens, all of its citizens to do that. I'm speaking from San Francisco. And one thing I like to remind the people of San Francisco, and especially the Catholics within San Francisco, is that this city was founded by the church. The mission that was established here, along with the Presidio, the mission that was named for St. Francis of Assisi, the city that was named for the mission, and had very, very much a Catholic identity attached to it, even as recently as mid-20th century. I mean, at one time, the city would not appoint the fire chief without consulting the archbishop, or at least letting him know and getting his input. At one point, I believe it was Archbishop Mitty, who after his installation, came to his office and found the appointment of the fire chief on his desk. And the city said, we'd like your input on this appointment. And his answer was, well, can he put out fires? It was something new to him, having previously been Archbishop of Salt Lake City in a state that the Mormon Church has a very strong influence. But the point is, this used to be a very pro-Catholic town, or at least a very pro-religious town. But now it's one of the most anti-Catholic cities in the world. Part of those who I blame are the Catholics of this city, who have either grown very lax with regard to their faith, or have grown very indifferent. They don't want to get involved. They would sit back hoping a crisis or a cultural upheaval would simply go away and be quiet, and it didn't go away. And we now have the city as it is today, very hostile toward faith, very hostile toward the church, very secular in its mentality. And the same can be said for many in this country who don't know the nation's history, who don't want to know the nation's history, who aren't interested in knowing the nation's history, who don't want to keep up on current events, who don't want to be informed on how this government is meant to work. And so when they hear leaders seeking to change certain institutions and systems in our nation, and the reasons they give are misinterpretations or just misrepresentations of our past, they are inclined to believe it or they just simply want to ignore it and hope it goes away. And because of that, we've seen a divided nation, a division caused by ignorance and a hatred fostered by people who at least want to tout that they are trying to overcome that hatred. People who say they are fighting racism, turning out to be among the most racist people we've ever seen. People who say that they are fighting injustice are the first ones to call for injustice when certain people are put on trial. Or people of a certain ideology may be expressing themselves on social media. They claim they want freedom of the press, but are the first to suppress a disagreeing viewpoint on social media. And we see that encroachment in our nation today. And I'm also very critical of people who do nothing but complain about how horrible things are. Look what the leftist media is doing now. Look what the leftist people are doing now. But I'm still waiting for a solution. 
We've got a lot of people who love to whine about what's going on in the nation. But I hear very few solutions as to how to restore that, how to combat the aggressive anti-American sentiments that we see. And on days like today, when we remember the anniversary, the 158th anniversary of the Gettysburg Address, we are reminded of the sacrifice of so many in this country to preserve what our founding fathers gave us and to grow more and more into a greater and more improved realization of their vision. The Civil War occurred because of serious shortcomings in our society and in our nation. But because of the founding principles, we overcame that to be a nation that now in the vast majority of its history, since the signing of the Constitution, has been without slavery, and a nation in which we can't imagine ever having slavery, let alone that it ever existed to begin with. Now we are a nation in which we are divided over the issue of whether a woman has a right to kill her unborn child in the womb. And hopefully, if the Civil War is any indication, perhaps in another hundred years, we will be a nation that not only has that completely banned, but we will have been a nation that has grown morally in such a way that we cannot imagine ever having been a nation that allowed for such evil to happen among us. And for all we know, we might have statues being torn down because those figures were supporters of abortion. I hope not. We need to preserve our history, and we can't condemn leaders because they were people of their time. We can't condemn heroes because of certain flaws that they had. We need to look at the whole of them, and that's what history is about, the good and the bad, and learning from both. But we're reminded of our history and the history of our nation in the anniversary of the Gettysburg Address, which Abraham Lincoln does not deny what our nation is going through and why. But he says, from this, we will have a new birth of freedom that will ensure government of the people, by the people, and for the people will continue. And the promise of liberty and freedom that our founding fathers gave us will be ensured for new generations and new peoples as the Civil War did at that time. And so we need to ask ourselves, is this a nation that we want to endure? This nation established by our founding fathers, this nation that was not perfect in its founding, and it certainly is not perfect today, but inspired by the principles of its founding, which was not the principles of slavery, but the principles of liberty, was not the principles of death, but the principles of life, was not the principle of oppression, but the principle of the pursuit of happiness that we will preserve that for future generations and improve upon where we are now so as to more fully realize the vision of our founding fathers, perhaps more fully than they even realized at that time. But we pause today for the anniversary of the Gettysburg Address. And I believe just as we as a people of faith have our writings and our scriptures, the writings of our saints, the scriptures that are inspired by God, as a nation, any nation, but especially our nation, we have our proverbial scriptures. Whether they're inspired by God or not, we'll find that out in the kingdom that is to come. But the words of our founders 
and of our leaders throughout our history continue to resonate with us. And today we remember the words of Abraham Lincoln in a very brief speech that he himself did not think went well. In fact, in his words, he said, it won't scour. But the speaker who spoke before him, who spoke for two and a half hours, is said to have commented, I wish I could flatter myself to believe that I captured the heart of the event in two hours as well as you did in two minutes. And this two-minute speech encompasses the history of our nation and continues to speak to us today as we ask ourselves what kind of nation we want to be and how well we will preserve the legacy that has been handed down to us, even in the midst of the crisis in which we find our nation. And as Abraham Lincoln says, and I'll conclude with his words that echo down through the decades, over a century and a half since he said it. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it, far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great work remaining before us. That from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. That we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. And that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom. And that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. Thank you.